and at the end of it, I was like, do you know what? I, I almost don't want to do this. I want to just pull, <laughs> pull the plug. It, I got into a bit of a hole with it. You have to just keep pushing and, and being positive with these things. And, and it came off literally with a couple of days to go. All right, here we go. Hello, my name is Dom Evans. I'm head of production at Fox FM in Melbourne and I'm talking to audio producers from all around the world about how they craft the sound of radio stations. And today's a big one. This is Podcast. My guest today is Matt Fisher, lead imaging producer for BBC Radio 1, 1 Extra, Radio 2, 6 Music and Asian Network, which is a massive job. But Matt's the first to admit that it's all a massive collaboration, and I love that. So in just a moment, he gives us a little bit of a virtual tour about his team and how it's all set up. But to start things off, I want to know, what is it like to work at such an iconic brand like the BBC? I mean, yeah, it's a bit of a beast. It was always the top of my agenda, if you like. Um, When I started out in commercial radio, um, crikey, in like the year 2000 or something, 2001. Yeah. (laughs) um, And I remember hounding the producer that was in charge all those years ago. And I used to send him little demos all the time. And, you know, I really basically was so desperate to be here. It was, it was the only place I wanted to work. And then to finally get that call, um, I was actually on holiday in Mallorca with some mates. And um, I got that call, got back on the plane, came back here, did the interview, managed to get the job, and the rest is history. Could you give everyone a quick sort of virtual tour of the imaging team at the BBC and how it's set up? Yeah, so um, we've got an amazing team here. So, so good. I mean, all of the guys, are they're just so talented and, and they've got such a willingness to learn, which is really important, I think. Um, mm. But we've got, um, basically, there's eight producers uh, in the team. Two of those producers are lead producers. So that's myself um, and Christopher Ray. Uh, and between us two we kind of juggle all of the workload coming in because as you can imagine across five um, BBC networks, there's a lot of stuff coming in. We have to kind of filter it out. Yeah. Kind of work on the priorities. Um, And we've kind of split it in a way so that um, Chris looks after the, the trails and the promos. um, And I look after the imaging and what we call program production. So like mix blocks of music and, Things like Radio One's Summer Mix, uh, Radio One's Dance Anthems, those chunks of programming I look after as well. Um, so between mm. the two of us, um, we kind of lead on everything and we feed that down to our, our other producers. Um, a lot of the producers have a specialist network as well. So, for example, um, Oliver Claxton, he looks after predominantly six music production. I obviously look after a lot of Radio One stuff, but... You know, I do mix it up and, and work across some of the other networks as well. You've got like Ben Stones. Um, he's working on a lot of Radio 2 stuff at the moment. Uh, then you've got Liam Hadley. He's actually kind of gone on attachment and he's just working to Radio 1's um, brand new breakfast program. Wow. And, you know, we've kind of put a station sound producer in on that team and he works to those guys every single day. But yeah, so there's there's eight of us in total two lead producers and it is flexible. You know, we do grow and shrink sometimes when there's, you know, holidays or um, when we need a bit of cover. Um, We bring people in extra as well. 
So we're quite a dynamic team, but um, a really solid uh, group. One. Mick Grimshaw. The one for going home. BBC Radio One. I can get used how do you approach the sound of Radio 1? You must have sort of like an ethos or a rule book you sort of play by with that. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about Radio 1 is like over the years, I've always had this kind of philosophy of, um, you know, let's tear it up every few years and just change the game. And a lot of people, I think that freaks a lot of people out because it is such a big heritage brand, um, you know, and it's it, it's a funny one because... I believe that you should just keep moving, keep evolving. Um, a lot of stations love to stay the same. They love to hold on to their station voiceovers, create real consistency that way. Um, but I mean, I don't know, just over the years, I've, I've been a bit anti that and I, I just kind of change it every single, you know, not every single year, but every sort of few years. Um, mm. I am, I'm kind of slowing down at the moment and in, in that I found a sound that I think is really, really good. Um, basically, we've got four... Um, sort of voiceovers. We've got two boys, two girls. Um, they're just young, sort of fun people that we found. Um, we didn't necessarily go, you know, looking at VO agencies and, you know, we just wanted, yeah, really authentic, real people. Um, a couple of them are like sort of session singers, in fact. So they, they kind of like uh, go on tour as well, doing backing vocals for bands. Um, so they've mm. got kind of that, they've got kind of a bit of a musical background, if you like. In terms of makes the perfect sense. Comfortable in front of a microphone. You can also get them to sing a few sonics if you need. Exactly. Yeah. And then and then the other two, um, the two girls. In fact, it's the guys that are the singers. Um, oh. And then the the girls are just kind of like straight vo's um, that that weren't really doing you know kind of voiceover work. And I think Georgia, one of our female voiceovers, she had never been behind a mic until um, basically we put her behind a mic and. That came out really well. Scott Mills. And I'm not going to take I'm, I'm not going to take credit BBC for that. Radio One. <laughs> I know. It do you know what? It happens quite a lot. Um, but I mean, going back to again to your question about, you know, the kind of ethos around uh, Radio One, um, we did a really nice brainstorm with the team. And we were like, you know, what should we do with the new sound of Radio One? And we were all really keen on this idea. And I've been trying to do this for years. Um, was to create a Sonic One for the network. One! One! I've always loved um, the sound of when you turn on, like, the Xbox computer console uh, and it makes mm. that sound. There's that Sonic at the beginning. I love the idea of this, you know, very small, simple Sonic. Um, and we decided, do you know what? We can build it into the One. So every time you hear the One... BBC. It's very subtly treated with this beautiful kind of like tuned reverb type thing. Um, and George Taylor at Wise Buddha actually helped me come up with with, with that. I mean, he, I say help me, you know, he he really created the sound of that. Um, I was just like, yeah, more of this, more of that. Um, but yeah, he's, he's basically nailed it. And now we kind of, you know, we've all learned how to make it and we're putting it into everything that we do to create that consistency. And, you know, I'm really pleased with the sound of Radio 1 at the moment because we're, we're hammering like uh, power intros. You know, we build ramps for presenters. We're working with, you know, tons of different independent production companies across the industry. Um, and we've just got this really nice sort of eclectic, but I think, you know, kind of unified sound. Um, but I'm just really proud of the sound of Radio 1 at the moment. One, two, three, four, this is 
I was going to touch on the production companies and the outsourcing because you do occasionally outsource specific projects. Is that hard to keep it in the sonic sound or you work with people that just know it so well now? No, you're right. It's it's tough. It is really tough. And, you know, you have to, you know, kind of make sure everybody's listening, everybody's across the output. Um, and you know what? You know this. Um, every single producer has their own kind of thumbprint don't they they that they put on their own work totally and i'm i'm really against trying to crush that out of people i think it's really nice that you can hear you know the kind of the dna of somebody's work um mm. you know and and that's a really special thing i think but yeah you're right you do have to kind of find a way to to make sure there is the consistency across the the network i think we've done it really well with um the new breakfast show We've managed to work the Sonic into there, you know, perfectly well. And that was a real world production um, along mm. alongside in-house. I mean, I have to say that, you know, every single thing we outsource, we work really closely with the company. And at the end of it, it's always a, rather a collaboration rather than, you know, a specific yep. person's piece of work. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, for example, Liam Hadley and our team worked, you know, tirelessly with um, the amazing folk at Real World to create the sound of Radio 1 Breakfast with Greg James. One. And we've incorporated, you know, the sonic into that really well, I think. The one for getting up. Radio 1 Breakfast with Greg James. I think you put it perfectly. I love the idea of collaboration. Yeah. Um, it's not just, hey, here's the project and then it comes back and that's it. You work closely the whole time to make sure it sticks to your brief. And I think that, you know, that's smart, right? Absolutely, yeah. But do you know what, as well, I think sometimes we're a bit annoying because we constantly <laughs> go back and forth and back and forth and... You know, we're like, oh, can we tweak this? Ah, oh, do you know what? Can we tweak that? And it's like, uh, what about this? What about this bass line? Uh, and it yeah. just, you know, and then we're like, actually, let's make it drum and bass. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? Um, but it, it's, I'm you know, glad it's a lot to see nothing's different over there. No, it's a lot of fun. And this is the thing, isn't it? You know, um, like what we do is very subjective as well. Um, so mm. some people love it, some people hate it. Um, it's the same with uh, all of it, really. It's like voiceovers you know, creative treatments. Um, yeah, totally. it's, it's, it's all, you know, open to discussion, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, I absolutely love your live lounge intro. And I actually remembered one of your live lounge intros got you on the air with Greg James a couple of years ago, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Now, it's time. Yeah. The live lounge. Okay, cool. Stand by live lounge. Check, check, check. <clears throat> hello, hello. Can I get a little more of the piano, please? Yeah, maybe a tiny bit more reverb as well. Give me some more drums and a headphone. Yeah. That's perfect. How much time do we have? One, two, three, go. Funny enough, like talking about collaboration, which is, you know, which is what we're really good at here. Again, that opener was a really nice piece of collaboration between um Liam Hadley and my team and myself. And in fact, it was also uh, Ben Stones. He started the opener and then very quickly was like, oh, do you know what? 
Um, I've got some other stuff to do. Can I pass it on to someone else? And we passed it on to Liam. And then Liam kind of like put his little spin on it, started to put some stuff together and then was like, hey, Matt, can you help me with the kind of beat matching element of it? And and then I kind of sat in there for an hour or so and had a little play with it. And and by the end of it, you know, you've got something that's really nice. And um, again, that's a really nice example of, you know, a few people working across something to create something um, which is really important to our output. The live lounge is, you know, massive um, thing for Radio 1. Oh, huge. Yeah. And, and you know, we play that every single day at, at 12 o'clock. Um, and it's, yeah. it, it makes the hairs stand up on the back of the artist's neck. You know, they, they're like, oh my God, we're about to go on. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And they get really stressed out because, um, you know, again, talking about the collaboration thing, one <laughs> of the voices within it is um, a guy from our team as well. So we've got um, Nathan Freeman um, and he's the guy going, you know, like, stand by <laughs> 10 seconds and we're live. <laughs> and I mean, every time he hears it, he's like, that is not me. Uh, he, he pretends it's not him, but it is him. Um, you know, so even like part of our team voiced some of that. So yeah, we're we're really proud of that one. And then because of course you got hold on air for an apology. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I had to like um, go on and sort of say, oh, sorry to all the artists for uh, stressing you out. We don't have a theatre style floor manager, but we do have is a guy called Matt Fisher. So Matt is responsible for all the jingles and the intros and all the wonderful sounds you hear in between the songs on Radio One. And you know, in all fairness, I thought he should be given his rights to reply. So Matt. Here's your platform. Hello, Clara. It's Matt Fisher here. I am the chap responsible for all the noisy bits on Radio 1, and that includes the live lounge opener. Uh, Apparently, I've got to do a bit of a public apology. Uh, I'm really sorry to all the artists because it is incredibly scary and it really strikes the fear into them just before their performance. So I would like to put my hands up and say I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) Although the brief was simple, make it big, make it exciting, and the live lounge is kind of a big deal. So bore off, Greg James, or I'll, uh, I don't know, do something terrifying for you, like mix up your chart numbers or something. Seven. No, it should have been four. I don't know. Matt and Greg, it's beef. There you go. That is Matt, who makes all the jingles and stuff for Radio 1. He is known in the building as Mr. Where It Begins. Every time you hear a... This. This is BBC Radio 1. Where It Begins. That's him. That is Mr. Where It Begins, and it was a pleasure to have him on the show today. Live Lounge Month is coming. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun. But I am actually good, can't help it if we're tilted. I know my friends are heathens, take it slow. And the river only flows, so if you go, I'll know. And now your song is on repeat, and I'm dancing on. Still falling for you. Your favourite songs in a whole new way. Live Lounge Month starts with 21 pilots. Listen Thursday at midday. The BBC brands, you know, they are very cool. They have a great sound to them. Do you ever sort of hear something and think, "Mm, that's not quite us? Yeah, I I think everything is a bit like that, isn't it? You know, you... You often hear things and you're like, do you know what? Maybe we're pushing it a bit too far. Like I might hear a power intro that's, um, you know, a little bit too try hard or um, a little bit cheesy. And then I'm like, do you know what? Let's change it. Let's whip it off. At the end of the day, um, you know, I kind of think it's, it's really important to try things and, you know, to push the envelope and, you know, 
get stuck in, get out of your comfort zone. And if it fails, that's a really good lesson. Um, yeah. And I'm all for um, just pushing, trying and failing because that's really important um, for the development of everybody. And sometimes, you know, things come off really well, but sometimes they don't. And, and that's when you've got to just kind of take stock and learn from it. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, an ongoing thing. And I don't think anyone's ever going to be happy with the sound of their network. No. Yeah, like I, we're always tweaking, we're always changing. Totally. And I love this Greg James promo. I think uh, Chris Lloyd might have made this one. Hello, Radio 1. Uh, hello, it's a completely anonymous listener here, James Gregson. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to leave some feedback on Greg James's 4 till 7 weekday show. Uh-huh. It's amazing. Right. He's funny. All the celebs like him. He plays those stupid games. All the listeners, me included, love him. Right. And he ain't half bad on the eye either. Greg, is that you? No. Greg James. I think I might do the trick. See you weekdays from 4 on Radio 1. Do you do many sort of fun things like this? I, I love sweepers like this, and this one works really well, but I've also heard some over the years that I just think, oh, that's sort of missed it a little bit, I think. Yeah. it's That's the thing with comedy, isn't it? It's really difficult to pull off. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah, definitely some people find stuff, you know, funny. Some people don't. I think the Greg thing is a really funny example of um, him showing his personality. So, literally, he calls mm. reception, and he's like, listen to my show. Hello, I'm, I'm Greg Gregson or whatever. <laughs> Um, he's trying to basically big up his own program, isn't he? And that's just a really simple, cheeky little, um, little promo. And it's, and again, it's, I think it's about tapping into, um, something authentically. So we kind of got him to buy in on that and to, and to kind of do his own thing. Um, you know, whereas if you try and write something too hard sometimes and you, and you're not tapping into that personality, you can miss the mark. Definitely. Totally. And I think uh, writing things for talent, you know, they will often pick it up and go, this is shit. And then they're offside straight away. Yeah. But then there are times you can turn them around and say, it's not, you know, here's, here's how I see it going. And, you know, talking them through it. I think communicating with your talent is really important and, you know, getting their buy-in and, and, and kind of, yeah, sort of bringing them in on scripts at an early process can be really good. Um, obviously timescales don't allow that sometimes. Um, but yeah, sort of talking them through stuff, um, can really get them to understand where you're coming from and then they can put their own little spin on it, you know, when you're in the studio. So it's, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's really important to work really closely with the talent to try and get it to work. That is a great point. What have you learned over the years about dealing with talent? Uh, a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, a hell of a lot. And I think what's really unique about, you know, being at the BBC is that we we work with really high profile talent and they have incredibly strong views and amazing opinions. Um, mm. So so there there are, you know, often quite a few cooks involved in processes. But you know what? The, the best things have come from, you know, working really closely with really talented people that have really strong opinions from my view, um, you know, and they've, they've often been the hardest to get through, um, those projects, mm. but they've, they've often come out the other side, you know, with, with amazing results, to be honest. Totally. 
Hey, let's talk about the Ibiza anthem. I think this is a really good example of, of saying, do you know what, let's try something. Let's put ourselves out of our comfort zone. Let's, you know, try and, and do something I've never done. This was all based around the promotion of Ibiza. Um, every single year, Radio 1 goes to the island of Ibiza. It's one of our big dance events. Um, we often put on a big show on a, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday on the island. It's really good fun. This tiny little idea came um, from a producer um, that I work with called Joe. And he actually is like the kind of executive producer of a show called Dance Anthems on Radio 1, which is presented by a guy called Mr Jam. Yeah! Mr Jam. One! Dance Anthems. He came to me and he said, hey, Matt, you know the, the bed you had made for our show? It's, it's really amazing. And loads of people keep getting in touch with the show saying, is this a real track? Can we buy it? Where can we get it? Where can we listen to it? And wow. it wasn't. Uh, you know, it's not a commercial release. It was just a piece of music I had commissioned for the show. One BBC Radio One. And it got me thinking and I was like, okay, if we did turn this into a song, what would be the point? Um, where could it live? You know, what's the journey? What's the, you know, what? why? Why do we do this? Um, and I kind of spotted, obviously, that Ibiza was on the horizon um, and it was, you know, a, f- a few months away. And I thought, do you know what? Why don't we find out who's going to be performing in Ibiza for Radio 1? Let's get them to top line it. Let's get them to sing over this instrumental. We'll turn it into a song and we'll use that as a vehicle for our presenters to talk about Ibiza in a whole new way. Right, it's time. It's time. BBC Radio 1. So I've been banging on about this for weeks, but it is finally here. I have the exclusive red hot new music for you that you have been waiting for. It was this magnificent story of, you know, we had this piece of music commissioned. People, the audience loved it. Um, We then made a big thing about turning it into a song on air. And then it kind of just snowballs from there. I turned the song into bits of imaging, idents, promos, top of hours, um, the opener for the Ibiza weekend itself. BBC Radio 1 returns to Ibiza. This Friday night from 7. With Jax Jones, Patrick Topping, Camel Fat, Needs everything. everything, Becky Hill and more. So to celebrate, Becky Hill wrote you an exclusive track about Ibiza. And here it is. This is Radio 1's official Ibiza anthem. Radio 1 in Ibiza. It's just been a really fun, different campaign and a great way of, you know, promoting um, our content in Ibiza. It was, I, I loved it. It was, it was such good fun. Well, it was so well done. And, you know, we have to deliver the numbers. Number one on the UK dance uh, Shazam chart and number eight on the UK overall Shazam top 200. That is insane. I know. I couldn't believe it. I mean, every single week. <laughs> it's massive. Every single week I was watching the figures come in um, and I was like, do you know what? We we might get <laughs> to number one in the dance chart on the Shazam dance chart. And I was like, I want I want number one. <laughs> All of a sudden I got greedy and I was like, I want it to go to one. It was my ambition to release it commercially and give all the money to children in need. Um, but we just couldn't couldn't pull that element off. 
um, you know, in the time frame that we had, which was a shame. But yeah. you know what? If we could do it again, that's the one thing I would change. That would be amazing. But you know what? It was it was it was what it was. It was a promo for Radio One. It was a big, elaborate piece of imaging. You know, I, I described it to a lot of people as you know a, a three-minute jingle. Um, <laughs> it you know the the references to Ibiza yeah. are really subtle within it, but that's what makes it credible, and that's you know why I think it worked because we weren't ramming it down people's throat. Um, mm. You know, it was just a good song. You know, so yeah. um, it, it it worked and. Hurrah! <laughs> <laughs> it's a win. Yay. One for the ages, Matt. Congratulations, brother. It's huge. Thank you. It's been one of my favourite things um, that I've done for a while. And I think this is the other thing. I think you need to, you know, there's so much stuff coming in and out of like a department like ours every single day. You have to kind of pick a moment when you're going to try something special. Um, and that was my engineered moment. I was like, I'm going to try something big for Ibiza. Let's really go for it. That's huge. So much stuff in and out. Do you struggle to stay motivated when the the volume is so high? How do you kind of keep the creativity flowing? Yeah, it's um it is really difficult to stay motivated and you know, you can have those lulls and you think to yourself, I've just got to knock this one out. You know, I've just got to make it quick um because it's, you know, time sensitive or something. But you know, you've just got to you've got to pick and choose your moments, haven't you, I think. And and it's all about planning as well. You know, we're, we've got a massive, um, you know, grid, if you like. We call it the Uber grid. It's this huge Excel Ooh. spreadsheet with, you know, all of the projects that are coming up. And that does allow us to, you know, look ahead and say, we're going to spend some serious time on this, this and this. Um, you know, like our big campaigns and, and stuff we want to try, you know, different treatments on. Um so yeah, that's really important for us, the the whole planning aspect. And to make um to stop yourself getting fatigued, again, it's about teamwork. And our team are really good at sitting down and brainstorming and just coming up with stuff. And, you know, I I used to work with a guy called Dan Pryor. He's a good friend of mine. He's over at Absolute. And he always said to me, you know, basically, he's a really funny guy. And he was like, if you're gonna die tomorrow, right, you know, what would you try and make today? Um, to kind of complete your your radio career. So he, I always kind of think around that. I'm like, okay, this could be my last ever promo. So <laughs> like literally if I die tomorrow, uh, you know, somebody might play this and go, oh, this was Matt. And it's like, if it's rubbish, then <laughs> I'll be really gutted. So you have got to try and, you know, constantly, you know, keep going. But at the same time, I, I do like the strategy of, you know, don't run at a hundred you know, hundred miles an hour all the time because you're going to crash, you know, try and find the moments to back off um, and give yourself some room to think about something big and exciting that's coming up in the future. Was banging. You know, like Radio One's massive event, which is normally Radio One's big weekend. Um, this year it was actually um, BBC Music's biggest weekend because it went across the whole of BBC Radio. Um, you know, we know those things are coming, so we can plan for that. 
and then that's the, the challenging part of the BBC. There's so many people to convince. Um, you know, like the Ibiza anthem was the most difficult thing I've ever done in terms of admin. Um, really? Yeah. You know, dealing with two um, major record labels because of the two different artists that contributed to the track. Um, uh. Dealing with show teams here, dealing with management here. People were like, you can't make a song and play it on the radio, on national radio. You can't do that. So I had to go through editorial policy to make sure it was all legit and we were allowed to do that. Um I had to have countless meetings with, um, you know, like BBC Worldwide, an amazing team um, that helps with the music publishing of it and, you know, all of the the paperwork, the contracting. It was just a mammoth, mammoth task um, that that really consumed me for, for two months. Um, and at the end of it, I was like, do you know what? I, I almost don't want to do this. I want to just put, <laughs> pull the plug. I got into a bit of a hole with it. Um, and then eventually, you know, we, we got round. I kept the energy. You have to just keep pushing and, and being positive with these things. And, and it came off literally with a couple of days to go, um, you know, and, and, and that was the end of it. It was, it was done, but um, it yeah. was, it was really challenging, but I'm so thankful to all the people involved, you know, from, you know, the, the managers of the artists to the pluggers of the artists, you know, it was, you know, to BBC Worldwide, to my team for, you know, stay, staying behind me. Um, but yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you say to me um, that someone said to you, you can't just make a song and play it on the radio. Naive me goes, yeah, you can. That's how it works, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's it. And I think that's the beauty of it, isn't it? Like naive me says the same. And I'm like, yeah, we can, we can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like BBC. yeah and then, yeah we have the BBC <laughs> we can do this and and then you get people saying yeah you can't there's rights issues there's you know um this is you know you know you're promoting one particular artist and and it's like but then it's all about finding the balance and you know um you know we we ultimately are talking about all the other artists that are on the lineup and you know it's it's You've, you've got to be sensitive with these things. and But I checked it all out and we did it the right way. Um, it was painful, but we, we did it the right way in the end. That's great, man. They, um, the term collaboration comes back to me again. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's the, I just think it's the best way to, to get some amazing stuff. It's really, it is quite easy to sit in a studio on your own and just turn something out. But then there's that brave moment, isn't there, where you have to play it to somebody um, and then they'll suggest some ideas and you know what, if they've got, if they have got some valid points, it's worth making those changes because that will ultimately, you know, make a better piece. It can go the other way, can't it though, as well? You know, when you get so many people chucking in their ideas and they destroy it <laughs> and then they just turn it into, you know, yeah. some kind of watered down thing. Um, yeah. What if a goat voiced it? I'm sorry. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah. yeah, some things you have to, you know, sort of... Um, you take on the advice and some of it you go, I'll park that. <laughs> I'll put that over yeah. there. Um, it's a very relatable um, phrase you just said before, the brave moment where you've got to mm. play it to somebody. I think, um, you know, as producers, we do get so connected to our work. And, um, you know, when you said that brave moment, I, I, that resonated with me. I think that everybody listening will feel the same way. It's, do you still get that where you have to play something and you think, okay, deep breath, 
Yeah, it's I do because when you start investing time in anything, you know, it's it's like um it's a product of your imagination, isn't it, that you're sharing with somebody. Mm. Um and some people don't like it, yeah. But like just for example, I was working this week on a on a on a promo for Brexit, which I mean, you might think, what what's that all about? But I was making it for Asian Network. Um, so I was um, a little bit out of my comfort zone on this one because it was about, you know, it's kind of like news, isn't it, right? It's news, current affairs. The countdown is on. I voted to leave. The British people voted for change. For change. Brexit. 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 And, you know, it, it was a difficult one for me and I found writing it hard, I found making it hard and then I had to play it to people and I found that really hard. Um, yeah. And, you know, when I shared my scripts, um, my team kind of ripped them apart and they were like, you're writing this, you know, totally wrong. It's, you're writing it like a news reader. Um, and do you know what they were right? And that was the, the thing you have to sometimes take on board. And I was like, yeah, they're right. I'll, I'll, I'll take that on board. I'll change it. I'll make it a bit more young, a bit more fun. Um, and eventually, you know, I've I've come out of it with a promo that is is quite nice, um, mm. but it's 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 hard, um, you know. Kind of, you you do have to take on a lot of um, a lot of feedback and and just work collaboratively, like we're saying. You know, your um, Radio One Summer Festival promo that's not unrelatable to what we're talking about, really, is it? There's a special moment on stage as a DJ that you only get when you're about to hit play and you set. That moment where you never really know which way it's going to go, filled with terror and adrenaline all at the same time. It could flop. Everyone could just leave. Or the place could be rocking. Join us on stage as we launch a massive night at one of the world's biggest dance festivals. BBC Radio 1's Summer of Festivals. It's Creamfields. Yeah. With live DJ sets from myself, Annie Mack. Me, Danny Howard. Sigma. Somebody say Sigma. And the Chainsmokers. Be part of it. This Friday night from 7. Yeah, so that was, see, that's, um, you know, I was trying to think of a different way of um, setting up the fact that we're, we were playing some DJ sets um, at this massive festival. And I just thought, oh, you know, what, what's, what can we do with this one? And I was talking to Danny Howard. Danny Howard. BBC Radio 1. And he was like, oh, I, you know, he gets really nervous before a set. And, and so does Annie Mack. Welcome to the future of music. Annie Mack. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. Let's, um, let's tap into that. So we just made a tiny little promo with um, them talking about, yeah, the fact that, you know, that kind of emotion they get before going on air, you know, before they kind of play that first record. And I thought that was really mm. interesting. Yeah. And it does resonate, you know, kind of with, with me and probably with you about playing our work Absolutely. to somebody. Yeah. Let's go deep down now. It's going, it's going down right now. Don't go anywhere. Now, it's Saturday night. Saturday night. This is Diplo and Friends. Hey, hey, hey guys. Yo. Diplo. Turn it up. You're listening to Diplo and Friends. What have you learned about leading a team at the BBC over a long period of time? Wow, that's that's tricky. Um, it's been a it's been my life's work, I guess. You know, I've I've grown up at this radio station um, mm. and at this group of radio stations, and I love them. Um, you know, like it's really weird. Like 
being here, it's just like, it's, it's literally like being at home for me. It's a really comfortable <laughs> place and I really love it. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, but what's what's been incredible over the years as well is, you know, seeing the, the, the different people come into my team or leave the team. And I think what's really important and what I'm just learning more and more as I'm getting older is, is to literally to nurture, um, you know, ideas and creativity and provide support to allow your team to do whatever they want to do. Um, yes, there's a job to be done in the, you know, certain things need to be made and there's deliverables to be met. But at the same time, I just think it's, you know, that creativity is one of the, the really core values of the BBC. It's, um, and, and I think nurturing that is really important and just being positive, um, you know, don't rubbish ideas, create a space whereby, um, you know, the team can just have trust in each other so that we can be critical of each other, but it's not in a bad way. Um, Mm. and surrounding yourself with an amazing team and being open to collaboration is, is I think the way to, to make some really interesting things and, and to, to keep the team growing. One thing I'm really keen on doing here is, um, we, we run a micro masterclass. So what I do is I invite somebody from the industry in literally for half an hour over lunch to show the team you know, maybe a Pro Tool session or maybe a plugin or maybe their favourite trick or maybe, you know, their the way they process a voiceover, um, you know, and they literally just show the team one little thing and, you know, that kind of learning, that that willingness to learn is is something that I just try and encourage, I think. Just constantly learn. We're never done. We're never going to be done. We're never going to be the finished article. The minute you stop trying to learn in in radio production is when you'll sound dated and you'll fall behind. Um, And that's when you probably should leave. (laughs) That is such a beautiful point. And, um, mate, it sounds like you have not only a great team but an awesome team environment and um, culture there. And I just think... To that end, I, you know, commend you. I think that's incredible. Thank you very much. No, that's very kind. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Matt, so nice to meet you, brother, and thank you so much for your time, man. Yeah, really nice to meet you. Thanks so much, Dom. Really appreciate it. How incredible was that? Matt Fisher, thank you again so much, mate. That was outstanding. Next week, to wrap up Season 2 of Podcast, David Konsky, Head of Production for the Hit Network in Australia, a.k.a. my boss. For me, it's all about the reaction on air from our talent. If we get a holy crap, this is going to be huge reaction, then you've created a great bit of content. Prodcastshow at gmail.com if you want to reach out. I'm at Dom Evans AU on Twitter. And until next week, thanks so much for listening. Have a great week.